Backpackers, travellers and globetrotters from all around the world, welcome back to another episode of the Itchy Feet podcast by Nomad Coops. Today, we're heading to the small country of Slovenia. We're going to be taken there by a friend of mine that I met while backpacking around Central America. His name is Ayol. He's from Israel. And after the first time he visited Slovenia, he thought it was so great, it was worth going back a second time. So I feel there's no better person to tell you about how beautiful it can be than someone who's gone there twice because of it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Slovenia with Ayol. Ayol, welcome to the Itchy Feet podcast, man. How are you? I'm good. Good talking to you. It's been a long time since I've seen you, actually. I think 2017 in Honduras, Utila. Yeah, yeah. When did you go out to Slovenia? Okay, so in 2018, I went to travel in Europe for about a month. So after spending two weeks in Austria with some friends and I went to see the World Championship of Cycling and my original plan was going to Bavaria to the Oktoberfest and then all the Australian people like told me you don't want to go there, it's too crowded, you, you won't enjoy it. So I changed my plan and I went to Slovenia. I had about 10 days I think and I loved it so much that last year I had two months of traveling in Europe and between Hungary and Vienna, I had like a week and I said, okay, let's go to Slovenia again. Yeah, why the hell not? What made you love it so much to go back? <laughs> it's so green. It's so beautiful. The mountains, the lakes, uh, Ljubljana, the capital city is beautiful. And it's also not so touristy. It's not like Paris or London that you have tourists everywhere. So it's a really nice, authentic, green place. So it's a good place to like escape to, especially if you've got that hustle and bustle all through Western Europe to actually make your way across and just chill out a bit, hey? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It's also like in the center, you know, if you're going to Budapest or you're going to Italy or Austria and of course Yugoslavia, like the ex-Yugoslavian countries, it's in the middle, it's like a crossroads. So I, I can say maybe maybe it won't be your main destination, but you can go and spend like a week or two over there and it's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. I only heard of really one location when I was traveling through Western Europe. There was a few people that had been to uh, Lake Bled. They said that that was gorgeous. They showed me a few photos and I really wanted to go out there myself, but I never actually got out there. You made your way there? Yeah, yeah. I I was at Lake Bled, of course. Bled, I would say, is like the number one attraction in Slovenia. It's a beautiful small lake between the mountains and there's an island in the center of it with a small church and a castle on top of one of the close mountains. This is like maybe the only place in Slovenia where you can feel like you're a tourist. Yeah. But the place itself is beautiful and there's a lot of nature around. Is there anything around Lake Bled that sort of you can get off the tourist track a little bit or can you escape it or not? Yeah, I would say so. One attraction that many people go to is Vintiger Gorge. I hope I pronounced it correctly which is this beautiful gorge with a small river in it. But this is quite crowded in the season. I went to a different place. So there's, there's another lake next to Bled called Bokrim. And if you take a bus over there, you can take a cable car to uh, like a ski site called Vogel, where you can walk around for hours between the mountains and you won't see anyone over there. So you can do a day trip to Vogel? Yeah, yeah. It's a day trip. You take a bus and then you take a bus back. So even when you're in Bled, the most populous, crowded place in Slovenia, you can still go and not see anyone. Yeah, that's awesome. 
So is it easy to find accommodation out there? Because I feel with so many tourists going out there, there should be some sort of hub, is there or not? There are a lot of hotels, like expensive hotels, I guess. But there are also some few hostels in the town over there, in the small village. And it's quite nice. Yeah, you can easily get accommodation over there. In terms of like the currency, like you said you came across from Austria. I found Austria to be quite expensive uh, in terms of that area of Europe. Did Slovenia get a little bit cheaper? Because I found like Vienna was expensive, Budapest was cheap. Making your way down to Slovenia, was that as expensive or was that cheaper? Uh, it was cheap. I was lucky enough to, in Austria, that I didn't have to pay for accommodation. I just went from one friend to another friend and they sent me all, the, all these friends. But uh, yeah, Slovenia was quite cheap. I think a hostel was between like 10 or 15 euros a night. Everything was quite cheap. I would say it's more like Budapest than Vienna. Okay, yeah. So that's more up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get into Slovenia? Did you go into the capital or did you go through Bled? I came from Innsbruck in Austria and I took a Flixbus to Ljubljana. So you can easily get there with Flixbuses from everywhere in Europe. And also, I guess you can go to Ljubljana by trains. Yeah, I like Flixbuses. I used Flixbuses earlier in the year when I was around Poland area and Slovakia. Mm-hmm. I found them to be super comfortable and relatively cheap compared to some of the other modes of transport as well. Yeah, I think it was 15 euros maybe from Vienna to Ljubljana. So that's quite good, I guess. Yeah, you definitely take that. That's pretty good. So in the capital, Ljubljana, what's the go out there? The city itself, I loved it so much. It's small, it's modest, it's quite beautiful because it looks like Vienna, you know. So Ljubljana is a really calm city, very chill. The city center is actually close to cars and buses and everything, so you can just walk around in the streets with all the people. It's quiet and yet it's full of people. So if you look at the Ljubljana from the top, it looks like a forest rather than a city. All so, right. Yeah, it's quite lovely. And also what's great about Ljubljana is it's right in the center of the country, so you can go everywhere. So that sounds so different to any other capital city that I've ever heard of before. Yeah, because, you know, it's small. I think they have maybe 200,000 people. So it's not like Vienna or Paris or Barcelona or whatever. Yeah. How do they go with like restaurants and food and stuff out there? What's their go-to? I wouldn't say this Slovenian cuisine is quite special. It's a mix, you know, of Turkish food, and German food, and Italian food. They have some local dishes like yufka, which is like a wrap. You can put meat in it or just eat it vegetarian. But the food is, you know, quite international, as I said, and it's okay. I wouldn't say it's, it's special. It's not like Mexico, that you come to Mexico and you're like, I want to have Mexican food. Yeah. Uh, is there much nightlife out there? Uh, I wouldn't say so. It's not a place you go to to party. You can still find some bars and maybe have some fun in the hostel, but it's not like a nightlife location. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, where there's a will, there's a way for anyone who really wants to party. But I've heard a lot about some of the natural beauties out there and things that should be seen. So Postoina, I guess, is maybe the second biggest attraction after Bled. It's this huge tunnel system quite close to Ljubljana. You enter the tunnel and you see all these stalagmites and stalactites, and I hope I hope I pronounced it correctly. And you walk around a bit, and then you also take a train inside the cave. And next to Posterna Cave, there's a castle called Grad, which is a castle built inside a natural cave. So maybe you've seen it in a picture. It's just a castle coming out of a cave. It's really gorgeous. This can be one day Postoina and Predjamski. 
And another thing you can do for in Ljubljana, just take a city bike and just bike south of the south of the city. I went to check this valley and this place. It's so beautiful and everything is flat, so no worries. You can just take this, the city bike and go travel. Yeah, that castle in the cave sounds absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's quite awesome when you see it from the outside. It's really gorgeous and I really recommend doing going there. But then once you enter the castle, you realize it's just another castle <laughs> in <laughs> Europe, you know. Nothing too special inside, but the outside is amazing. Yeah, I think you sort of look for something a little different when you're looking at castles after all that time in Europe, when you've seen castle after castle after castle and cathedral after cathedral after cathedral. That point of difference, the fact that it's in a cave, I really want to go and check that out now. Yeah. So would you say that it's easiest to set yourself up in Ljubljana and then just move to and from the other locations of Slovenia rather than road trip all around? I think it depends on how much time you have in Slovenia because if you have maybe 10 days or two weeks, it's better to go and sleep in some other places. But if you're coming only for a few days, so yeah, you can go, you can go from Ljubljana to Bled, you can come back and then go to Ostojna or Skocjan, some, some of the caves. You can even go to the coast and come back in the same day. So it depends on how much time you have. Yeah, of course. So it's quite versatile. You can sort of approach Slovenia in many different ways then, depending on how much time you've got. Yeah, also because it's, remember, it's a very small country and Ljubljana is right in the center. So yeah, it's very versatile. My first time in Slovenia, I spent just one night in Ljubljana and then I went to Bled. And after three or four nights over there, I went to Bovets. You can also go there from Ljubljana. But Bovets, I would say, is definitely a place people should visit. Some people never heard of it, but yet it's so beautiful. It's just a small town in a valley called Socha Valley. And this town is sitting in the valley next to all these mountains and this huge river in the middle. That does sound gorgeous. Is it easy to get accommodation there? I think there are only one or two hostels over there. I stayed at one called Socha Rocks, which was maybe one of the best hostels I ever stayed in. It's like this hut and sitting in the valley. You can see all the mountains from over there and it's quite cheap. I love that. That sounds awesome. It sounds like a great getaway to like really immerse yourself in the natural side. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> I think a hostel does make a big difference on a place. You've got the people in the hostel, but you've also got the staff. And just the way that the hostel is conducted, I think can really make a place so much better, so much more warm and homely and so comfortable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like in all my trips in the world, sometimes you get to a small town, but the hostel there is horrible, so you just, you just want to leave after one or two nights. But sometimes you get to a place where basically there isn't much to do, and yet there the hostel itself is so great and the staff is so welcoming and just stays and stay and stay. Yeah, I had a very similar experience in Slovakia, actually, earlier this year, a place called the Ginger Monkey. But we can worry about that on another episode. But I totally agree that. What about for people who want to go like hiking and really make their way up into the mountains? Is there anything that Slovenia offers for that? Triglau is, is, I think, the biggest national park in Slovenia. I'm not sure about it, but it's called after the highest peak in Slovenia, the Triglau Mountain. You can also see it in the symbol of the country and in the flag as well. So it's like three peaks and the center one is the highest one. Yeah, Triglau is centered around the, the highest peak, the highest mountain over there. And you can go hike there 
there are so many ways to get to this to this peak you know so many little valleys and small valleys you can go there so i was lucky enough to have some local friends that took me to hike over there we chose a trail that leads us to the peak in one day so that was quite good but you you can also go and hike there for two or three days. You can stay in a small hut next to the highest peak. Obviously, you can also you can only do it like in the season. You can't go there in the winter. Yeah, I was gonna say you'd freeze your ass off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they closed the huts after September, I think. And yeah, the, this whole place is just absolutely gorgeous. It looks like Switzerland. You're on these mountains. The valleys below you is so green, and you can see the lakes. You can see Black Lake and Bochin Lake. Lake. You can see everything from over there. You can also see the the coast, I guess, if it's a sunny, nice day. Wow. So you can literally see the whole country from the top of Triglo. <laughs> I, I guess so, I think. That's unreal. Your friends took you out there. So do you know of anyone who's gone out there by bus or anything? Yeah, I guess you can take bus somewhere and start hiking. And then obviously you can't do it in one day and come back. Buses also stop in early hours in Slovenia, like maybe five or six. I mean, definitely everyone that goes to Slovenia need to check the buses every day before they go. Yeah, so it's best to plan ahead of time, is that right? Just because of the unpredictable and sort of untimely transport? Yeah, whatever you do in Slovenia, it's better to at least plan your next day. I have a saying that I, I say every trip, that the best plan is no plan. <laughs> But in Slovenia, you need to plan at least one day ahead because otherwise you can wake up in the morning and then find out that the last bus already left or whatever. You don't need to plan everything ahead, just one day ahead. Yeah, I'm very much the same. I've always been that sort of just wing it sort of guy and run with the punches. But I have definitely found some countries that you really can't just do that because otherwise you lose <laughs> yeah. two or three days of your trip because you slept past nine o'clock and the last bus left at seven thirty in the morning and it's, it makes no sense, but yeah, no, I agree with you there. All right. So that pretty much wraps up Slovenia. Uh, before I let you go, we'll get on to a final call, which is a little bit about your favorite travel experience. I was in Guatemala in 2017 in a city called Antigua. So I was in my last day in this town and all of a sudden, I found out that the, the lady that went into my hostel room the night before, you know, the, one of the guests, she was a sister of one of my best friends from the army. They are from the States, and he came to, to the army in Israel just to volunteer. It's something that some people do. It's not that regular. And I found out that his sister is sleeping with me in the same hostel room. So this was amazing. And then... Not only the fact that we stayed in the same room, but the fact that we found it out, you know, that she's a sister. And then she told me that the other sister is, is coming to the same hostel the next day. So I had to extend my stay <laughs> to meet both of them. So that's like a really weird, funky story that happened to me. That's such a coincidence. So, yeah. the, so your friend from the army, you met his sister randomly. She was staying in the same hostel dorm as you were. In Antigua, yeah, in Guatemala. Guatemala. That's yeah. unreal. I love when that happens. It's the yeah. It's such a small world like that. Like the amount of times you can run into people that know people randomly. Yeah, and you know, it could have been like so easily we could never talk about it and never found it out. So it just makes you wonder how many of these stories you missed through the years. You know, maybe you stayed in a room with someone you didn't talk to, and you could have found out that you know 
like the family or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's the beauty of Facebook and Instagram these days because you can add someone and it tells you your mutual friends and that just blows it up, you know? I did Sarah Croatia in 2014 and there was a girl on, on that boat and I'd never heard of this place that she was from and she said to me, I'm from this island off of England. It's got a population of like hardly any. You'll never meet anyone from there again. I'm from Guernsey. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Two years later, I'm in a bar in Cambodia and I meet this girl at the bar, different girl. She goes, oh, I'm from this small island outside of England. You'll never meet anyone from there. Like, and I go, oh, I know of a place <laughs> called Guernsey. She goes, yeah, that's where I'm from. I'm like, hey, I have met someone from Guernsey and like told her who it was. She goes, you're kidding. That's my best friend. And I was like, no, she like pulls out her phone. There's a picture of her and this other girl that I did Croatia with on her background. And I'm like, what's the chances? Like, I'll never meet anyone from Guernsey again. And then I get to talking to this guy in 2016 or 2017. And uh, he's DJing on a boat party that I was guiding. And he tells me he's from this island called Guernsey. And I'm like, surely not three. <laughs> and I go, oh, do you know this girl? And I told him the first girl from that I did Croatia with. And he goes, nah, I don't really know her. And I go, oh, okay. Well, I met her and her best friend on two separate trips. And he goes, oh, what's her best friend's name? And I told him, he goes, oh yeah, that's my sister's really good friend. I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> so I went from not knowing where Guernsey was to meeting four people who all know each other in Guernsey. I've never met someone in Guernsey who doesn't know each other. It's unreal how that happens. So we need um, to go visit this island. Yeah, I mean, I know half the population now, apparently. So, <laughs> All right, before I let you go, what is your top three on your bucket list to go and check out? Okay, so I did one big backpacking trip in, in Central America, and I want to do at least two more in the next two years. So one in uh, South, Southeast Asia, you know, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam. All these places that you go to every, every time. Mate, I can help you and out some shock in there. I've got you <laughs> sorted when we come out there. That's my stomping ground. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely talk to you before. Absolutely. And another one in uh, South America. I also want to go to South America and check that out, of course. And maybe when I do another short uh, backpacking trip in Europe, I'll go to the other ex-Yugoslavian countries because I've only been to Slovenia. But I heard so much about Bosnia, about Montenegro and Croatia, all these countries. So, you know, I'm ready for each case. If I have only one or two months, I'll go to Europe. If I have more than that, I'll go to either Southeast Asia or South America. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on board in the Itchy Feet podcast. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you, man. It's great to see you. It's been a long time since I've seen that face. Yeah, it's the same. It's so, it's so fun to be here. And for everyone around the world, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Itchy Feet podcast by Nomad Coops. As always, tune in next week for a new country. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, like us on iTunes. And if you really want to get involved in the community and get your story forward or your tips forward, please don't hesitate to go to nomadcoops.com and shoot us some of your messages and your stories. If you're interested in keeping up to date with us throughout the week, you can always go to our Instagram, which is Nomad Coops. Until then, see you next week on a whole new episode of the Itchy Feet Podcast.